0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. And welcome to another hour dedicated to inquiry, reflection, questions, possibilities, philosophical quandaries, and a whole lot more, all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. Enlightened. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves, an hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. This is an hour where we strive to evaluate knowledge as inseparable from the total experience of reality. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. (laughs) All right, every week I read a few of your letters as our way of respecting the role you play in making our show successful. Last week our show was all about past lives and our guest was Sandra Ann Taylor. Lucero wrote, great show, Sandra is a great speaker and writer. Mark wrote, I enjoyed your show today with Sandra Ann Taylor on reincarnation. I can say that there are certain places and times in history that I have been drawn to in a reoccurring manner. Not so sure what I did or the circumstances, but more of a feeling or knowing. Andrada asked, Just wondering, is it possible to be a parallel dimension and not a past life? Well, you know, I believe, uh, Andrada, that Sandra and others would say yes, since they also believe that all things are happening now. In that sense, it has to be a parallel dimension because there can be no such thing as a past life per se unless we understand that to be synonymous with everything occurring now. Kevin added this remark, we are here in Earth School and our true home is not here. I know without a doubt that each and every moment my true essence is learning and expanding based on my experiences here and when I go home, I will see what I learned and what I still need to learn in future lives. You know, thanks for your comments, Kevin, and I want to thank you for finding me in Pasadena for the conference. It was very nice to meet you in person. Speaking of Pasadena, my presentation around my latest book, What If? Paulette commented, I was absolutely blown away by your presentation. If I'm not my body and I'm not my memory, what am I? Wow, I'm still processing everything I learned from you and I will never forget your demonstrations. Well, That's very nice. And all I can say to that, Paulette, is thank you. Deanna wrote, I am quite pleased to read your books. I am on a second book, What If? The first was, What Does That Mean? It is truly refreshing that someone is not afraid to wonder and think, ponder and ask. At the same time, you leave the reader to come to their own conclusions. You do not chastise what one might decide to be true to them. Thank you. Well, thank you, Deanna. It's not my place to find anyone's truth but my own, but I do feel a calling to sort the nonsense and baffle gab out of the fray and then to allow water to seek its own level thereafter. Jennifer wrote, I love how you are unafraid to take on all the taboo subjects. Well, Jennifer, I believe we must do that if we are to be honest with ourselves. And who are we if we lack personal integrity? That said, it certainly can impede the process of winning new friends. Marsha wrote, As a disabled woman of 61 years young, I am not able to spend a lot on self-help, personal growth, metaphysical, and other topics I'm extremely interested in, so I take advantage of free items to supplement my library of things I'm able to purchase. I so appreciate the freebies offered by you. You can't know just how much they help those of us we're trying so hard to help ourselves through alternative means. God bless you. Thank you, Marcia and Thea. wrote Eldon. It was amazing relief that I felt from the free InterTalk tracks you offer. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome, Thea. And I let me use your letter if I may to remind everyone of the free InterTalk programs that we make available as just a part of our Pay It Forward program. You can get yours by simply going to InterTalk i n n e r t a l k com and choosing free programs from the left-hand navigation pane. These are not samples. This is the real deal. The scientifically proven effective technology demonstrated effective in multiple double-blind studies carried out by independent researchers at leading institutions such as Stanford. So why wait? Get yours today. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my free newsletter. Each issue features articles, humor, and from time to time, free items, and special sales that are only available to our subscribers. So be sure to subscribe, and thank you for your support. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at eldentaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. You can also just leave comments on my website. I do try to read all of your letters. Obviously, we can't get them all on the air, but they do impact our programming. I highly value your input, and I do encourage you to please provide your feedback, and once again, thank you. Now to today's show, deepening your intuitive and psychic knowledge by journaling with cards as you participate in a visual, artistic approach to creating insightful spiritual intelligence. Now, most people who see a psychic expect them to provide advice, warnings, see into the future, and so forth. Skeptics refuse to accept any credibility in this practice, putting it all down to psychology and cold reading. Now, some of those skeptics, the likes of, say, Michael Shermer and Ray Hyman, have described the reading process along the lines that one can find in Wikipedia or the skeptical perspectives and so forth on the Internet. In short, a cold reading occurs when, presumably, the reader doesn't know anything about the client in advance. and This can be contrasted with a so-called hot reading, which is made when the reader does have advance information about the client. A cold reading is a series of techniques used by mentalists, psychics, fortune tellers, illusionists, and con artists to determine or express details about another person often in order to convince them that the reader knows much more about the subject than they actually do without prior knowledge of a person a practiced cold reader can still quickly obtain great deal of information about the subject by analyzing the person's body language age clothing or fashion hairstyle gender sexual orientation religion race ethnicity the level of education, manner of speech, the vocabulary that's used, place of origin, and so forth. Cold readers commonly employ high-probability guesses about the subject, quickly picking up on signals from their subjects as to whether their guesses are in the right direction or not, and then emphasizing and reinforcing any chance connections the subjects acknowledge while quickly moving on from the missed guesses. Before starting the actual reading, the reader will typically try to elicit cooperation from the subject, saying something such as, I often see images that are a bit unclear and which may sometimes mean more to you than to me. If you help, we can together uncover new things about you. We together can can find out what these images mean. Well, one of the most crucial elements of a convincing cold reading is the subject's eagerness to make connections or reinterpret vague statements in any way that will help the reader appear to make specific predictions or intuitions. While the reader will do most of the talking, it is the subject who provides the meaning. Also, subjects with a situation of grief, Illness or financial need will tend to be much more accepting of hints, suggestions, or guesses made by the reader. Now, as many of you know, especially those of you uh, who have attended one of my workshops, it's not difficult to produce what appears to be amazing insight into a stranger, even predicting their thoughts in advance. So how does one distinguish a legitimate from the streetwise reader. I mean, Professor Ray Hyman has made it a point to show just how psychic he is to his psychology students and others for years, quite effectively fooling all. And he's not psychic in any way, he just has a very good understanding of how the human being works. Well, our guest today has an answer one I like. She doesn't tell your fortune. She rather helps you inform yourself of all that is going on. She believes that you are your own best guru, your own best psychic, and so forth. So she provides tools and training to help you get out of your own way and see what you might not have formerly seen and experience what you might be hiding from. To that end, she has created a journal and a set of cards that accompany it with instructions, and I must say, it's very well done, very well done, quite impressive indeed. Uh, In fact, she's impressive. Ravinder, you had her do a reading, and you were very impressed by that. Is that correct? I was.
1: There was some stuff that went on that was really kind of uncanny.
0: Okay, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. So the question may well be, Can we all open our own intuition up in ways that make us psychic? And if so, how? All right, I know what I think of all this, but uh, we want your input as well. You can join us by calling toll-free 1-866-254-1579. And international callers can dial their country code, then 760-918-4300. And again, you can also join us in our chat room at eldentaylor.com forward slash chat. Revender will see that those questions get stuck priority right in front of me. So now let's meet today's guest, Elaine Clayton. For those of you regulars to our chat room, Elaine needs no introduction. She is an author, artist, certified Reiki master, gifted intuitive, and former teacher. Elaine has written and illustrated several books for children, including books by Pulitzer prize-winning author Jane Smiley and Gregory Maguire author of the popular Broadway musical, Wicked. Elaine has taught young children in independent and public schools in Atlanta and Boston and leads workshops in schools and libraries, using drawings to support empathic, intuitive learning. She is a muralist, figurative portrait artist, and creator of psychic drawings and spirit paintings. Her open sketchbook website and blog, Illuminera.com is dedicated to exploring intuition dreams and spirituality through art she lives in new york city with her husband and sons so let's get her in here welcome to provocative enlightenment elaine clayton
2: hi there thank you so much i am so honored to be here
0: it is our pleasure and our honor elaine now you've done a reading for both ravinder and i uh... kind of your way to you know show us what you did and and we'll get to that in a second. But let's begin by having you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in psychic drawings and spirit paintings.
2: All right, thank you so much. Um, well, it's interesting because um, you know, I, from the moment that um, I can, any memory that I have is really going back to childhood. Is me drawing. I just remember being so captivated by people people more than things and drawing them. And so I think that just sort of progressed into um, what eventually turned into this Illuminara journal. And all those years in between, I was aware of my own feelings, you know, visually stimulated impressions. So, you know, when I, um, for example, when I was in school, I wasn't really listening so much as watching and I, I guess what happened is when I became an adult, I realized that some of my, some of the things that um, impressed me when I was young, some of my own meanings and signifiers, were something that I was still really conscious of. You know, like a lot of times we forget what our earliest memories are. You know, we don't remember what we thought of things as children because we, um, mm-hmm. you know, we get taught to look up at the board and. Th- this means this, and that means that. Well, I at some point I started to realize that I never I never forgot what my original meanings were, and so the drawings became informative for me, and they became dream journal drawings and notation, and then that led me to think about you know sort of I, I guess at that time we thought of psychic stuff as Edgar Casey. You know, knowing things in order to heal yourself and others, and also games, um, you know, playing uh, psychometry games. That's where you hold an object Mm -hmm. that belongs to somebody and you you don't know anything about it, so you just start to tell them whatever you see. Mm -hmm. So I think all this developed in me as an artist um, so that I was someone who drew, I was someone who thought about intuition and what my own meanings are in life based on visual stimuli. And and then, you know, trying to understand what all that meant in terms of producing new work, which turned into, I called them prayer letters at first, and then they now I call them spirit paintings. But the idea was to have somebody um, come to me, and I wouldn't know what their prayers are, because they're their own prayers, but I would ask them to write a prayer that they had, you know, a major concern, you know, something that has emotional energy in it for them, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and I would take the piece of paper that that they wrote this prayer on, maybe they rolled it up and tied it with a ribbon or put it in a little envelope or something, and I would take that and then attach it to a painting that I would create for them, and I would just say, I'm going to say a prayer and ask for whatever you need in the way of imagery to come and you know to come alive on the canvas and sometimes the person might tell me what their concern was, but it was more fun really, when they didn't because then you got to play with a little and see what would happen and so i I found it so enriching, and I realized that and it's interesting about what you said about cold readings versus hot and legitimate readings versus streetwise people playing tricks and games what i i think what i discovered is that you don't have to know what someone's issues are you can ask i was asking i was actually making a prayer of it asking for guidance and then the right things would appear and maybe even scammers can do that maybe they don't say a prayer but they just get slip into some kind of awareness where that uh psychic, or intuitive information just comes to them. I'm not sure. That would be interesting to talk about. I'd like to believe that people who are scammers do it in these other ways, but I I do think that you can know what other people's issues or concerns are without having to know what they are. So uh, does that answer your question a little bit?
0: Well, I mean, yes. And, of course, it also launches us into a long conversation. So, I'm just going to back us up and kind of take us step by step, all right? Prayer letters, you say, were are spirit paintings. Tell me, what is the difference between a psychic drawing and a spirit painting?
2: Oh, okay. Well, they're, they're connected. They're interconnected, and they're not so different, really. But um, the, the, the prayer letters and the spirit paintings are done over time, where I'll go into the studio, and this person's, you know, connection with me is I feel it in my heart and I start painting and I ask for guidance and the whole hour or two each day that I spend on it is filled with that kind of emotional energy or you know kind of heartfelt care on my part that's I don't know how else to put a word on it and it may take months it may take you know several weeks to do that is a gift that I guess in a way is a a, represents me trying to process um, what the visions are and what love might mean for that person in the way of answers over time. The uh, psychic drawing stuff, now that's interesting. This, I just started doing these about a year or two ago, probably a year and a half ago. Um, I, would, I was reading, and I was doing readings a lot at psychic fairs and for people, so they might be quick readings, like 10-minute readings where you use cards and things. And um, and I was working on pretty much starting to complete the Illuminara journal. But what I realized in card readings is, you know, when I'm looking at numbers or suits, they mean certain things to me. So like, you know, what I was talking about, uh, about childhood days, um, the numbers zero through ten had specific meanings for me. So I realized when I'm reading a card and I see a number, they each mean something to me. So... I was using a linear quality of each number or alphabet to tell me something, and I would just go with it. So I realized, you know, because of doing the spirit paintings where imagery comes, why don't I just draw before a reading and see what happens? But the only thing is I just, what I do is I close my eyes and draw with my left hand, and I'm right-handed. And I say a prayer, and I just ask for... um, whatever imagery that needs to appear to, to come out somehow during this quick drawing with my eyes closed. And I do this in the sketchbooks that I have. And so um, I found that it was interesting. and It was sort of a leap of faith because that first reading I did, you know, however time, a year and a half ago or whatever, you know, I just used that at first. I just told the person, you know, I've been meditating for a half an hour before you called and I want to um, tell you what I saw when I did a drawing. And then I just go through each little piece of the drawing and use it sort of like a map, and I turn it four different ways to read it. Um, it's different from the spirit painting in that it isn't imagery that is recognizable that I do sort of with conscious intent mixed with a little bit of the mystery of I'm not sure what's going to appear. This is totally different because I've closed my eyes and i have just it's like a free-fall drawing, just trusting that, Somehow when I look at the shapes and lines, they'll talk to me the way numbers did when I was little. And I didn't know what they meant, but I just knew they talked to me. And so, um, you know, that's the basic difference. But I've had so much fun, and really that is the, the, the thing is I have so much joy when I do these drawings. And they, they either mean something specific for people or, you know, there are things that are symbolic that do start a conversation Because I'm not really trying to say, you know, oh, I'm going to reveal things because I'm magic and you're not or whatever. It's fun to have psychic things happen, and and that is what makes the world go around for me. I love all that. But the the purpose of the drawing is to get the energy um, to try to help myself and the person I'm reading for, um, the energy to be present so that we can talk about certain things that might be real big signifiers for them in their lives. And so it's kind of conversational and it's a little bit abstract, but I've really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm kind of experimenting with it still. It's still a discovery for me.
0: Okay. We have a couple of minutes before we go to the break. I want to explore what you have just discussed because it was okay. a psychic drawing you did for me that you sent over. And, and I must admit that I see a great deal of similarity in it and the whole process of, of Rorschach drawings uh, or ink blot tests. And and so I want to explore how these numbers mean something to you and how you teach that and share that, especially, you know, in public education systems uh, where what you're dealing with is, you know, waking up intuition. But I have to ask you this before the break. Okay. Illuminara is an interesting word, especially when you look at a history of that word on the Internet. Uh, where did you get the name from and what does it mean to you? Quickly. Well, <laughs>
2: that's interesting because really it was all sort of um, intuitively chosen. I didn't want my website, which is a blog, really. I didn't even realize it was a blog, but it's, you know, my daily art posts that I wanted to give to everybody in this open sketchbook or open portfolio kind of way. I didn't want it to be Elaine Clayton. I wanted it to have a spiritual name, and I didn't really run and go look up all the uh, d- definitions like I should have probably, and now after the show, I'll certainly go do that. But it was sort of my husband and I actually, who was so supportive of me in so many ways, we were talking about what would be a good name for this this site or this open sketchbook that would feel spiritual so it could be dedicated to something you know bigger than whatever you know my name would mean or whatever. And so it was All really right. about not making
0: it an ego choice for me. That's why I chose it. All right. I thought Let's it sounded good. Let's pick that up after the break, okay? okay. Illuminara, okay. that's the name of the book and the website. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on Hay House Radio. We're talking with Elaine Clayton about developing intuitive abilities. So stay with us. You won't want to miss what's coming up in the next half of the show. And we'll be right back after these words from some of our friends.
1: Do you feel like you've become lost in a funhouse? Only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you? I invite you to step through the doorway and onto the path leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Elton Taylor's New York Times bestselling book, Choices and Illusions, now expanded, updated, and revised. It will provide you with
2: real-life examples of how you can break free from your current perceptions and begin your journey to how high is up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble.
1: Close your eyes. Imagine your goals and dreams. What's preventing you from accomplishing them? Most often, we are our own worst enemies. I can't, I'm not good enough. It's time to reprogram that inner dialogue. Replace all those negative self images with, I'm good, I am powerful, I can do anything. Eldon Taylor's InnerTalk patented subliminal technology does just that. Researched at numerous universities such as Stanford and by governments such as Mexico and Germany, Innertalk has repeatedly been proven effective at changing your self-talk. Stop imagining your goals and make them a reality today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K dot com. Innertalk.com. Intertalk.com.
0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're speaking with Elaine Clayton about her delightful book and card set, Illuminara. But before we get back to today's show, I want to thank all of you who took the time to look me up during the convention in Pasadena. It was my pleasure and honor to meet you all. Okay, I would also like to invite you all to join me on Facebook and or follow me on Twitter if you like our show. Do spread the word. We genuinely appreciate your support. Let's get back to the show then. Now, before the break, we were discussing the meaning of illuminara, and I and and and, and, and I think what you basically said, Elaine, is that you and your husband wanted something that had a spiritual, a, you know, meaning, flavor, uh, and and together you just you you came upon this word, you extended this word, or you were inspired by it. Have I got that right?
2: You got that right. Yeah. And it was more he was being supportive of me while I was kind of just enjoying the process. So when you looked up what it meant, do you have any big news for me?
0: Well, you know, there are. <laughs> first is of all, it's, it? not, it's not in a dictionary. You, you're not going to find it, you know, in Wikipedia. Right. But you do find a, a number of uses for the word or the terminology on the Internet, yeah. including a site that uh, is an organization. And the organization supports people a lot in the same with the same message or the same meaning that that you do. Um, a number of addicts have testimonies there as to how this uh, organization has assisted, facilitated them. Uh, But the word, uh, the term was, according to the founder, given to them in a meditation. So that's why the question.
2: Right. Well, any connection, a,
0: any association—that yeah. was that was the idea. But no, there isn't, I was having right?
2: fun. We were having fun and feeling like happy, you know, at heart, and want and just wanting it to feel good, and and it just seemed like it did.
0: Right. Let's do this to make sure we don't have any confusion as a result of this little discussion. Okay. Give your website to everybody now.
2: Oh, it's very easy. It's illuminara.com. So it's
0: I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-R-A
2: dot com. And it's okay, a spiritual great. open sketchbook. Yeah, so. and,
0: and it's a great, uh, great website. You'll enjoy it. I love your blogs, by the way. You know I pay attention to those. i follow Thank them. Thank you. And I love your, your cards. I love your whole approach to this. But, you know, I want to get back to some of the questions that i have here before we maybe take a phone call and let you give us an example or get okay. ravinder involved here and in, in sharing maybe both okay all right you okay. you heard the setup piece what? how is what you do uh, different from the typical psychic
2: well um i don't know if it's totally different, but I can just say what I do and what it means to me, and then maybe can I tell you a little story about what what I would call a typical psychic experience can be like for me, from my own experience.
0: So I
2: and, Okay, and this explains why I, why I wanted to do this Illuminara thing, because for years I was doing children's books, and I always kept these dream journals since I was in high school, and it was inspired all the time and made all this art, and I didn't know what it was for. And a few years ago, it was like divine timing, it just suddenly I understood what it was for. And I wish, it, I, wish I had known 20 years ago, because it was kind of agonizing for me not to understand. But it had to do with going to regular psychics since I was young, just only a few times, playing around with it myself and really believing in it as a connection to prayer, my prayer life, and... Um, and having that in contrast to people who I know are seers who are good and who are loving towards me and care about me. So what happened is when I was really young, I uh, went to a psychic and she said, um, you know, you have a very bad person who wants to harm you in your life. And I, and I was young enough that I, I had actually had someone like that, but I was, you know, fine, so I didn't really have a worry about it. So I said, No, it's not really true. I mean I didn't feel it was true at that moment. And then she said, And I can do a smoke screen for you And I said, What's the smoke screen? And she said, something about candles and prayers and you know and all that and, and I thought, um and then she said it was twenty dollars. And this is a long time ago now. So twenty dollars is like seventy dollars, you know, today. Right. And I didn't I didn't right. have it. Right. You know, and I and I felt insulted, too, because I thought, well, why do you think, you know, and if you really think that I'm vulnerable and young and there's someone who wants to harm me, why would you charge for a prayer? Like, and plus, I can pray my, for myself. So there was, there was something she did that I didn't like. It was play on a possible vulnerability that I might have and exploit it for money. That's how I perceived what she did. And I didn't respect her for it, even though she was gifted. And, uh, you know, in a lot of the things she said, she did have the ability. And so, but she was happy to use it to get me to, well, now, to depend let on me, her.
0: Let me just interrupt you here for a okay. second. Okay. You, you, you say that she did have the ability because she was gifted. Oh,
3: but absolutely. Ray,
0: but a Ray Hyman, you might say that about him, too. you. you yeah. he may. Or are you just are you absolutely certain that she was doing more than playing on, you know, the psychology of the event?
2: Well, that person, I'm not so sure. But I experienced okay, other psychic good. sense. But at the time, in my twenties, and as time unfolded after the reading, I thought, well, she she kind of was right about this or that. But I would never go back to her because I can see what her game is. That's how I felt, you know, back then. Right. And right. then I had for. For a long time, about 12 years, Um, I always refer to her, and I probably refer to her too much, but I just loved the time she gave me. She was Cherokee. Um, She was introduced to me by my um, MFA. I went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City, and Marshall Erisman, who's a really beautiful visionary artist, his grandmother was a uh, spiritualist in Lilydale, so he and I always talked about auras and things, and one day he said, I want you to meet Karen. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And so he introduced me to this Cherokee, who I call her by her Cherokee name, Four Stars, and she lived in Oregon, but she was in New York City to, you know, for this one occasion. And from that moment on, after meeting her, I talked with her as often as I could, and she taught me so much about seeing and how it's really about love, and it's about finding truth and it starts with you knowing your own truth, and uh, I felt like my family taught me that in many ways, too, you know, in my process, you know, from childhood on, and my dad's a psychiatrist, and he always, you know, gave me a lot of um, good advice about how to read dreams and things like that, so I had good guidance. Um, so I, I knew what it was to have caring seeing, and then I sometimes, for fun, would go to somebody else so that, so another example is, I went to another person, and she was really good. She told me, you know, a few things that were that were true. She was gifted, but then she said, and and I guess I had mentioned to her about Karen, who had died, you know, a year or so before the reading with this other person. She said, and your and your um your your mentor can't get through to you from the other side. And I, and I thought, if I was a vulnerable person, I might go, she can't oh my God, what do I do to get her to get through to me? Because I, I really need right. her. You know, you see what I mean? But right. I knew she could get through because she had gotten through many times and in and dreams and other very important times. So she was playing me. And then the other thing she said was, and you have negative energy and whatever, chakra, whatever. Well, I, I just thought if you, if you say words like that to people, you're, you might clip them when they're already wounded and you can exploit it for money. You get them to need you and to be dependent on you and that's what she wanted she wants to build her client list up like that that's how she makes her living so that's what she does so why i started to do this why i wanted to do this book is i realized after that i thought you know i don't like that It's, it's really bad and i think it's wrong for me it's wrong anyway even if they help people in some ways so what is it i'm doing when i do a reading because everyone's got god in them So we could all, in some way, begin to see for ourselves. So I wanted to create something that would at least be my attempt to help people feel that presence of the divine inside of them. If they want to go to somebody to help them see, great. I love to do that. But you do it because you you know you're going to get stronger, not because you're going to get more dependent on someone else to see for you. And so the images suddenly, all these images I've made over years and years suddenly made sense to me. I understood what they were for. Because I believe that my, my way of reading when I'm reading is I just know what things mean to me and I just say it. And there's usually an intuitive gift in it for somebody. And that's where it gets interesting to talk about, well, what is it being, what is it to be psychic? And, and is it, is it something everyone can do? even scammers cuz to a degree so now, I think it
0: is as a teacher do you teach it as intuition and creativity or do you teach it as being psychic i mean do you keep these two apart or or do you yeah. integrate them for your students
2: <laughs> well it's interesting cuz i never um, with students I, I don't go in and say anything about psychic unless it's just sort of you know you know play, playfulness or something but it's about being empathic, having feelings and knowing what your feelings are, and being able to feel what someone else may be feeling. To me, that's where the energy of um, and the love, uh, the presence of love exists between me and you and and me and anybody else, when we can feel for each other because we understand what it feels like for ourselves, or we can at least, you know, Try to to get the feeling that the other person is having because we care. So with uh, children, and in fact, I used the word intuitive after instead of psychic, instead of the a Psychic Journal. I decided to use intuitive. And I, one of the people I talked to was my friend Mary Lynn, who is a, a, she was a peer, you know, a, a colleague at an independent school. And she still is there, and she gave me very good advice. And we talked about how important it is to be intuitive, to be in touch with your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own meanings, and how that helps you support another person with their feelings and meanings. And so we teach, you know, we ideally we want children to feel very strong inside of themselves, knowing they're each unique, we're each unique. So that a child can say, I'm unique and this is how I feel, but I still respect that you're unique and you have your own feelings. So that's why I use that word, intuitive, as opposed to psychic. It seemed a little bit more, I guess it seemed more spiritual. And it, honestly, psychic can be D-class A and kind of sound like the fortune tellers that take advantage, you know? Right. I don't know that right. that's fair, but that's just in, in the impression.
0: And, and our public education system would definitely not look on that term in a favorable light. So you do teach intuition, and, and, and I love how you describe that. But tell me now, I mean, I look at your work, and, and I again, I'm going to come back and say I love this sketchbook. I, I love what you've done with the, the intuitive journal and the cards uh, and, and the, how you draw out Everything that you're describing, I mean, I can look at one of the cards and I can go through you know what does this image remind me of what what thoughts I have because you give me all these cues, and I can journal it and and then I suddenly begin to build a tapestry of meaning or, or significance, like the numbers or the shapes to yourself so but with that said, I can see how i mean to me, intuition and creativity seem so interlinked that if you're okay. teaching this to children you would be really awakening both in them, or have I got that wrong?
2: Well, yeah, and I think I did. There's a section in the book called Intuition and Creativity. I mean, it's really not a book, the the introduction. It's all short, but for me, imagination exists in the same realm as intuition. That You often get a great idea. You don't even know where it came from. Children, when they're really young, especially, like, around the age of five, you know, uh, before they get into that thing called the age of reason, you know, when they start to draw, wanting things to be correct and, and all that, and they, they have to shift a little because they're starting to learn and how to, you know, branch out a little. But when they're in that slightly younger state, they still very strongly have a, a huge reservoir of, of delight because they are, their imagination is right there. And they they, uh, draw all the time before they even start writing. Those things are linked. When you ask a kid to uh, write a a, a little story, the first thing they do usually is draw. And Mm -hmm. so their their sense of intuitive knowing or their own kind of, I guess, reveling in their feelings and their impressions, because they are usually, they're just so happy to be feeling and thinking it's all connected to their creative process. And I, when I come into the studio, I have to get like that. I I, if I'm not like that, it's because maybe I've got worries and I've got other responsibilities, but I try to stay in that state where anything is possible. You feel a sense of enchantment. I feel a sense of other, like it's, there is a God. That's how I feel it. And it's so magical and it can be right here. And I can, take something blank and change it by putting some marks on it and get some of my ideas into a material form right in front of me. And so for me, the way I experience creative energy and intuition, it's all in the same place. So, okay,
0: let's let's do this. We, we have some patient callers. Okay. And, I, and Ravinder, Ravinder wants to share uh, her experience. So I'm going to ask Ravinder to... To share with our audience a little bit of the experience she had with you, and then let's let's take a phone call or two, and you know the proof is in the pudding. Let's uh, you, you know show us your stuff. How's that?
2: Yeah, without I won't be doing psychic drawings. I don't think.
0: Okay, but we'll see. <laughs> Rav... And I
2: and, and I have to say too that my prayer is when I do a reading for the I ask for the light to come through for you know for the best for all you know and for the person that that has a concern.
0: So I just have right. to go with it and trust. Okay, good. Okay. Vivinder, you, uh, you had an experience during your reading. Share that with us before we take a
1: follow. You know, I had a few of them, actually. It was full of, uh, it, it was very, very interesting. One of the things that I did find uncanny, though, was um, Elaine had done her drawing and she was telling me about it. And then, you know, about half an hour in, I got out her card deck and I chose two cards.
0: Because she asked you to. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. the very first card I picked up could have been what she had been describing
0: in the, at the, in the, at the start.
1: Yeah. It was like, you know, that was, <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a, a connection going on there. But I think the thing that I liked the most about the reading was that it showed me my God self within the spiritual, that part of me that I've always been aware of. Like the inner child, but it's the inner child that teaches me that pure side of it, and that tells me what life is about. And that's what her reading just kept on highlighting to me. Was me.
0: The thing I like most about it, and of course she did one for me as well, is you know how guarded I can be because of criminalistic (laughs) (laughs) background. So, as opposed to give her any information at all, she had to just take it on her own. That's and scary, she would dude. often ask a question, which I wouldn't answer, and she would, <laughs> you know, continue on. And and she was amazingly um, accurate. So let's, let's go to the phones wow. and let's well, take thank a phone you both. call.
2: I want to tell you, I want you to know that it was, but what happened in both of those readings was a gift to me. It, you know, that felt beautiful for me to share that time with you.
0: Well, we saw it as a gift to us.
2: Yeah. Well, well, well it's never let, it's always yeah. It, it goes both ways.
0: All right. Well let's let's take a phone call. On line two we have Loretta from Central Lake, Michigan. Welcome right. to Provocative Enlightenment. Loretta.
3: Thank you very much. Hi Loretta. You have a, Hello. Go ahead. I've I've I have um I've been listening to Hey House. I've been opening up, I, um, I've been told that, you know, I have some intuitive, and I feel that way, but sometimes I feel lost in, um, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm, if I'm staying grounded, um, Mm -hmm. I like i said i i i i've been listening for the last few weeks and i've been learning so much and um my my heart is just open wide mhm and okay. i i i've gone through so much um, you know losing the house after over 30 years raising three kids there um my grandmother, I was caregiver for her for four years, passed there my mother four years passed there mm-hmm. uh, raised my three kids and now i am I've moved five hours away I'm in the process of moving again in a six month mm-hmm. period after thirty years and well
2: I was going to ask you about that because definitely the energy that I feel just from you know and i'm I'm actually using cards while you're talking is about. Leaving behind what is no longer needed, and I, I feel like there's a male influence. You know, sometimes the intuitive side, because you talked about not being sure. We right. we can, and I'm not I'm not trying to be prejudiced about gender here. I'm just saying there's a sort of archetypal roles. You know, and sometimes there's like an inner voice that says no, be rational, or right. be you know be focused in this other way. And the intuitive is like a you know it's an opposite opposite or a different way of sensing to make decisions and things like that, and I don't know if that's if it, if if some of your changes has to do with a relationship directly with a male or if it has to do with even no, letting go of the way you were conditioned
3: I, yeah no um the only males in my life are my sons um I've been divorced over twenty six years I haven't had i all I did was work and take mm-hmm. care of my kids you know. So if then, you had a if
2: you were going to put all this into a question, what would it be? It
3: would be how do I how do I I'm trying to go with my intuitive feelings. I'm trying yeah. to go with what is in my heart and in my gut. Mhm. And, and so I, does it I feel like a
2: struggle to 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 do that?
3: Um, it, at times it's like well, is that really the right thing to do, or, or is that just what you want
2: to do? Right, and do you see that's that male... I called it the male voice, but it's only because of that sort of traditional archetypal sense of the rational within, and so I really shouldn't call it male or female, but well, no, that sense maybe, of the the rational that won't allow the other part of the self to, to go there. So maybe what you should do is start to be playful with that sense, because it wants to come out, so... Start being playful with it so it feels safe at first. And do you have people, that, here's what I suggest, and this is what the cards show. Now, I know you've had transitions and you're about to transition more, but maybe what you could do is put out there the intention. And I journal. I'm big about journaling. I would write this down if I were you. I would write down. and I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just sharing how I right. would handle this. Because right. um, at stages I have to do this too. I, you know, it's never like suddenly you're all there and, and you're perfect. Um you want support for this. So you might you might journal about how you feel and then that way it brings up your concern into concrete form right before your eyes. There's a part of you that can get a bird's eye view of you uh, while you go through this and while you go through all these changes too by the way with you know relocations and losses and 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 they open doors to new things.
0: E- but Elaine I, i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm gonna have to interrupt here we're gonna okay it's going short on, on too time. long yeah listen okay. uh do this tell everybody how they can reach you if they would like yeah. to know more if they would well, like yeah. to have a reading if they do that please
2: absolutely just go to illuminara dot com and you can send me a message through there and I'd love to help you and I'm sorry I took so long, but you oh, see this that's is what fine. happens yeah, this is what happens so um <laughs> okay. if you want me to to help you a little bit or to be there for you. You can just contact me through Illuminara dot com.
3: I will do that.
0: Thank you okay. very very much. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for your call, uh, Loretta. <laughs> thank All you right. for well, taking my
3: call. You're Indeed,
0: welcome. our pleasure. uh You know, we are out of time. The website is Illuminara dot com. The journal is Illuminara Intuitive Journal with Cards. It's a great journal. It's a great way to explore yourself. That much I can tell you. I I would say for sure it. Uh, is also very revealing. And Elaine, we have sincerely appreciated you having, having you on the show today. Uh, well, I so any...
2: appreciate it. And, I, and <laughs> hello a to everybody in the chat room, because that is the most wonderful, lively, fun chat room. Everybody, go to Eldon Taylor's chat room during the show. It's a blast.
0: All right, we're out of here. We've come to the end of another hour of provocative enlightenment. I want to thank you all for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show. And we'll join us again next week, same time and same place. Until then, remember, believing in yourself always matters.